The job description of youth pastors can be pretty broad, but today we're going to focus in and see what the Bible has to say about the way youth pastors do their jobs. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you amplify the impact in your youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is Kristen Lascola. And make sure you guys subscribe and like this video for more youth ministry tips. But today we're going all over what topic? So today's more of a Devo kind of vibe. Okay. Um, and we haven't done one of these in a while, so I'm kind of excited about it. And is your voice going to last? Yeah, it's. It's hanging on there. <laughs> uh, if it's not COVID, it's the stomach flu. It's not the stomach flu. It's, it's a, a weird cold. cold. I've been more sick this year than I've been in the right? last like 15 years of I my life. I think 2020, our, all, all our immune systems just went like, we're going to go on vacation for a while. You and don't need us. Yeah, Weird, but I feel fine. I feel fine. So like I said, we're doing more of a Devo and I was in a meeting for our student ministries department back in January and Chris Brown um, kind of, I want to say dived in, dove in. Is, dived? Dived in, dove in. I think. Jumped both, in. Just say jumped. Both sound right. <laughs> uh, to First Timothy 4. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up or I'm sure you're doing something right now and not just sitting there staring at the YouTube screen or like your podcast just you're on sitting a run next right now to, yeah so or driving <laughs> getting ready but anyways so today we're going to talk about the description the job description of a youth pastor from first timothy 4 and we're going to be in verses 12 through 16 and this is a verse or a passage that i'm sure all of you are familiar with but when chris did it for our staff the cool part for me was looking at it like word by word through the lens of this is my job description. Because I think as youth pastors, our job description is really broad. And right. I mean, I think we know what it boils down to, but the things that we do on like a weekly and daily basis, <laughs> sometimes are just laughable. Like, like this is literally my job right now. Do you want to know my latest, like what the heck is my job? We did a movie night at winter camp. The kids had popcorn. Biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> there was popcorn all over the auditorium floor. Like they just threw it at each other. Didn't even eat it. And it was like almost two in the morning and I'm on my hands and knees cleaning up popcorn <laughs> with the lid of a bin, like scraping it <laughs> off the carpet into a pile. And That's I just awesome. thought to myself, I went to college and <laughs> I graduated with pretty high grades. And here I am crawling around on the floor at 2 a.m. cleaning up 11 year olds popcorn in there. It was just like, what, what, like sometimes our job is so weird yeah. or like how many pizzas can I fit in the back of my truck? Right. Or just the things in your Amazon cart at any given time, you know, <laughs> things that are in your office at any given time, mustaches, googly eyes and uh, glow sticks at all times. But I think like because our jobs are so broad, sometimes I like to come back and 
that that meeting for me was just this like recentering of like whoa like kind of like the episode we did on why being a youth pastor is the best job in the whole world like I feel like this diva that he did that we're going to dive into in just a second it's like this recentering of like what is the core of what we do and really challenging ourselves to rise to that occasion mm-hmm. to honor the core of the calling that we have amidst color wars and glow in the dark paint and, you know, dodgeball and all the other things that weird stuff that we do for the sake of the gospel. But what, what does it come down to? So First Timothy 4.12 says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And by the way, I love the definition of youth in this, this passage because so many times like youth pastors, especially like if you're like pushing 30 or you're over 30, it's like, what are you still doing in youth ministry? <laughs> but did you know, well, number one, Chris Brown says he's like, I have the highest regard for anyone who makes a voca- a lifelong vocation out of youth ministry. Mm. He's like, to me, that's the highest calling. I'm like, dang, well, why didn't you stay in youth ministry? But also <laughs> I would always teach this passage to like my students right. and I think it totally fits, but when he's writing to Timothy, Timothy's between 35 and 40. So it's like that was considered like he's just getting started yeah. in ministry. And I think there's this weird temptation. Like when you start to hit 30 and beyond, you're like, oh, man, like I'm expired, right. you know, in terms of youth ministry. But to see that that is just a cultural construct and your calling does not expire. Like there's been different points in my life that I thought, Oh, I had kids. My, I'm not cool anymore. My (laughs) ministry has expired. I have to focus on other things. Now I should probably take a more part-time thing or like just work with like a younger grade so that there's not, not that many demands on me or maybe something more behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. When I like hit 30, I thought, Oh, like, man, I'm, I'm expired now. And (laughs) like, maybe I should like do a real job and you just kind of feel like you're not young and cool anymore. But I think that's just totally a tactic of the enemy because Mm. my best ministry has been now Mm. uh, because you're a parent and you're wiser and you're more responsible and you have more years under your belt and you fine tune things and you have a growing passion. I think the hard thing is just not listening to those voices of you're too old or you're past your prime or you're not 22 cool youth pastor anymore or whatever. But Timothy's just getting started at 35 to 40 years old, somewhere in there. So moving on to verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so I want to kind of camp mostly on verses 15 and 16, just for this job description. In verse 15, it says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And it's this idea of diligence in your gift. And 
If you've been called to youth minister, you are gifted to lead. You are gifted to teach. You are gifted to influence, to spread the gospel. Like you have a gift, but it also says be diligent in that gift. And I think like so many youth pastors are here at our channel because they're wanting to be diligent in that Mm. gift of like, I want to be sharpened. I want to get better. And like that, we can't lose that. You know, we obviously are, are probably there if we're, you know, wanting to learn and grow, but we can't lose that to be diligent in that gift to continue Mm -hmm. to grow it. And it says so that everyone may see your progress. And I love that word because it means that we're all learning, like we're all on a road of progress. And I think youth pastors beat themselves up so much to say like, I'm not as far as I should be, or this area of my ministry sucks, or I wish I was better at this. And it's, he says it's progress. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's going to see your progress. You're going to continue to grow and change and develop. Just make sure you're diligent, be diligent in your gift. And, you know, God gives us a gift, but our diligence is what grows that gift. Obviously through the work of the Holy Spirit as well. It's not of our own effort. It's the Holy Spirit, but it's, he's still saying it's diligence. You know, it's not just like something grows just, you know, like there's care that's involved in that. And so not neglecting that. And then In verse 16, it says, take heed to yourself and the doctrine. And I love that part because he's basically wrapping this up and saying, Timothy, you need to watch two things really closely. You need to watch your life and you need to watch your doctrine. Watch them both very, very carefully. In doing so, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so it's this this whole idea of, youth pastors wanting to know God, please God, and challenge themselves to continue to grow. And so I think one way that that really manifests itself is in your study time, you know, because he's talking very clearly, take heed to yourself and the doctrine. Like, I think sometimes we don't give the word of God the amount of preparation that we should. Mm. And in fact, there's been so many times that I've said those like foxhole prayers of like, God, I have nothing prepared. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to speak (laughs) through me. Holy spirit activate because I spent so much time on other things and the message wasn't visible to anybody. And so it just felt like something I could keep putting off. And what, what a awful sign of bad stewardship. Mm. You know what I mean? Is like, that's number one. The word of God is number one. And we talk so much on this podcast of how to do events well, how to do games well, because it's youth ministry. We can't just be like, well, we're here for the word of God and that's it. And you guys are going to sit and listen and you'll get like, you know, two kids to come with their notebooks every week. Right. (laughs) But we understand that we have a job bigger to do than just preach. But at the same time, we have to remember the whole reason we're not a boys and girls club or a YMCA or some like random youth camp or it's because we're centered on the gospel. So not neglecting that to watch what we're teaching very closely. How much time are we spending in our preparation? Are we giving enough time? And and there's all kinds of like formulas people have said of mm. like, this is how much time you should spend in preparation, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know the everybody's answer. Different Everybody too. is different. But here's what I do know is that you know when 
you bomb because of lack of prep. Like it's clear to you. And I think that it's that nagging thing. And if you feel the pain of it, and if you have in the past, you know, it's like a huge disappointment. It's a huge miss because you feel like a loser, but also you realize what a missed opportunity that it was. So here's, here's the big question. Youth pastors want to grow their youth ministries, right? Everybody's, and that's a lot of what we do is we help you guys grow based on our experience. And, you know, we help coach and all of that. And that's important. Healthy things grow. But remember this, your faithfulness now to what you're doing is the resume for the ministry you want to do in 10 years. Mm. And that I didn't write that. Chris Brown did. I wrote it in my notebook. And now all of you get to hear it. Thank you, Chris. So I'm going to say that again. Your faithfulness now is the resume for the ministry you want to do in 10 years. And you guys are like, oh my gosh, 10 years. Yeah. Think about it. Like Timothy's just getting started. So he's had a lot of training up until this point. And it's probably assumed he's going to do this for the rest of his life. So say he lives... I mean, say he does it into his 90s. I mean, that's a 50-year, like, <laughs> at the least right. um, vocation. wonder how well he's playing dodgeball at 90. <laughs> well, he's not a youth pastor. <laughs> Wait, why does that have to be just for youth ministry? Can't adults play <laughs> I wish. I've been trying to get them to do that main <laughs> service for a long time. But I think we have to have the end like not the end, but the long view. And we talk about that so much on this podcast, the long view of ministry. And so the faithfulness now, and that like putting your head down and working really hard and handling the gospel with responsibility and setting all that groundwork to have a life of integrity and being a person of character, that is your resume for the ministry you're going to do in the future. We don't just get to snap our fingers and have a youth group of 100, 200, 300, whatever. And maybe we never will. That's not the point. But Mm. the point is, what do we do with ourselves stewarding the gift to set us up for success at the 10-year mark, 15-year mark, 20-year mark? And we talked about how to handle the gospel with responsibility of giving it the time and prayer and attention it needs. And don't neglect that part. Guys, when I am preparing a message, I pray and beg and plead and pray and beg and plead for the Holy Spirit to show up in my preparation because otherwise it's just a research paper. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like we need the Holy Spirit to come through. So don't neglect the prayer side of that. But then when he says, you know, in verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. It's watching our lives really closely because what is one of the biggest enemies to the gospel is ourselves Mm. and especially pastors. And man, we have seen the damage and the ripple effect that pastors who don't live a life of integrity, just the wounds they leave and their wake of people who are just like, what? And as mature believers, you're like, well, you can't put your faith in a person. And if a person falls, it doesn't mean that the Bible isn't true and that God isn't real and blah, blah, blah. That is valid and true. But at the same time, there's a reason why teachers of like the Bible even says, not many of you should become teachers, my dear brothers, because in doing so, you will incur a stricter judgment. Mm -hmm. And Chris always points out to us like this is 
not meaning you're held to a different standard if you're a teacher, but you're held to the same standard more strictly. And so we have to be so careful, you know, with our lives because we handle the gospel and people see us as a bearer of that truth. So when your life doesn't line up with that truth, it's like a cognitive tailspin for some people. It's an emotional tailspin for some people. And to be responsible for damaging somebody's faith and putting a barrier between them and God, I mean, hopefully not forever, but you know, they get over it and move past it. But I mean, how devastated have you been when you hear of this, like all these famous preachers and pastors that we all held in such high regard falling? Well, Maybe you're not a Ravi Zacharias, but to your students, you are. Mm-hmm. You are who they look up to on a spiritual level. So watching your life closely, watching your relationships closely, watching your thought life and your purity and the way you spend your free time and the things that those hidden sins maybe that you have as an adult, like none of us are exempt from that temptation, Mm. but we always refer to it as getting rid of sin in the camp. You know, I forget the name of that guy, but remember he like, God said, get rid of all the stuff. And he's like, okay. Oh, and then he buried buried it under his tent. tent, And then like, why was the whole camp suffering? Well, they didn't know this guy had yeah, treasures buried underneath his tent and it affected everyone. And so they're always so clear with us is like the secret sins you have are affecting the whole church. Like God knows what's going on behind the scenes and like he's not going to be mocked. So get rid of it. And so I don't know what that is for you of that thing that needs to just get gone. But if you are bearing the gospel and the truth to your students and to church and being in this minister of the gospel, like we've got to live a life of integrity to watch how we live and watch how we handle God's word. Knowing, like I said, that your faithfulness now is the resume for the ministry you want to do in 10 years. So, wow, fire. And now my throat is done. <laughs> <laughs> my throat is on fire. Yeah, seriously. My throat is on fire. <laughs> I could still sing though. I'm like Phoebe. Remember when she lost her voice and You're she right. was like, oh, I like the way From I can friends. sing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, whatever we had, mine only lasted a day. Yours kind of is like lingering and carrying on. But yeah, um, that's a that's a great. Can I ask one more question as Debo. we close this part up? Yes, you can. Um, so here's the thing that is the question I feel like we all need to grapple with, and I don't necessarily have an answer for this one, but this is the question I think to think about as we close this one up is how do you stay passionate about students and how do we keep it from becoming just a job? So how do we stay passionate about the ministry we're doing instead of just seeing it as a job? Because it is a job in some ways, and then it's a calling and a passion in some ways. And I know some of you out there are doing it and not even getting paid. So you're like, no, it's (laughs) not a job for me. But what do you do to stay passionate about the doctrine, about students, about the purity um, in your life, what fuels that? And 
I think that answer is going to be different for everybody. You know, if you want to comment, like how you stay passionate about students in your ministry, instead of it just being like another job, another camp, another event, another Wednesday night, another weekend, you know, where it can just be like this wheel of like, and then we do it all over again. You know, what keeps that passion alive for you? Well, why don't we scrap the question of the day and make that the question of the day. I feel yeah. like that would be a very apropos. I really want to tell you mine though. Uh, well, we can do it for next episode. Okay. We'll do the next one. Um, but yeah, so that will be the question of the day. So make sure you guys comment in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube. Now for... Oh, my phone's messed up. Oh, for a community comment of the day, this comes from Youth Ministry Etc. Our friend Pete who says, I have always appreciated your practical information on youth ministry, but I love that you guys are tackling hard and personal issues as well. How timely. Thank How you, timely. Pete. We appreciate that. Pete. 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 Pete Conan. I think I'm pronouncing your last name right. Looks like Conan. But yeah, check out Youth Ministry, etc. Could be. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And we we'll will see, see you, you next time. time.